hi guys today is going to be the last episode of season two yes we will go on a short break and come back with a much more amazing season three but before we go let's have a special children's day episode and today we're going to be talking about sex and money lesson for the children the average 10 year old has seen wars witnessed atrocities been introduced to one form of sexual ideology or the other and has even seen the inherent greed for money in our society so the question we ask today is are our children still allowed to be children enjoy today's episode to have you on today's episode first of all happy children's day everyone as far as you're a child of god you're a child of egg so enjoy today's celebrations as children of god and if you happen to be your parent oh that's double portion of celebration you get to celebrate as a child of god and also as a wonderful parent taking care of a wonderful child so happy children's day to all now today we're discussing the realities of our world live in a generation where we have so much information seeping out and you know spreading at a rate that can even be i think it can even challenge wildfire i don't think wildfire can spread as fast as information spread nowadays but i want to just take us through a a bit of history lesson and then we would discuss the core of the conversation today i mean the theme of today's episode is sex and money lessons for children well, let's go back to the history. I believe that even back then in social studies or, you know, whatever is called civic studies, you would have been taught that there are three foundational pillars of any society. And that happens to be the church or any other religious body, depending on your beliefs. It could be mosque, it could be fire, um, traditional um, African societal beliefs. I don't know what the... I don't know where they worship. I don't know. We call it shrines or gods or whatever they worship in. So we have the church, stroke mosque, shrine maybe. And then you have the family. The family being the, the first, the initial one because you are born into a family. And lastly, schools. Now, let's just take a, you know, a, a history lesson. There was a point in time where the church was the most prominent of all three. Yes, even though you were born into a family, the church was so influential, even to those who are not members of the church. And back then, the political leaders were church members. There was a point in time where the political head of the British society and community was the Archbishop of Canterbury. So back then, the church was the state. And then a time came where there were clamors for the division between church and state. And I don't want to get into the nitty-gritties of how the church failed in realizing its influence and its role was important and abused it. But I'm just going to leave it at that. The division between the church and state brought about this case where the church was separate from the state and it lost that political influence it used to wield over the society. So the church is apart and then now the state stands on its own. And one of its foundational institutions is the school. So every school is regulated and you know monitored by the state. While all through this, the family stayed, you know, important because you are every one of us is born into a family. So just see it as a three-legged stool. 
the church, the state, and the family. These are the three foundations of any society. Every child passes through either three or one of the three or two of the three. Now, what is sad is societies where you have children who pass through just one. So some people are born into families, but they never even meet their father or mother, maybe due to them, you know, death or due to them neglecting them and giving them to an orphanage or just not caring about them. We have so many street boys and girls, even here on the streets of Lagos, where I live. And it's so sad to see that because someone gave birth to those children, but yet did not see the need to prepare for their coming into this world. But I don't, I don't want to get into that. I'm not, I'm not here to create a blame game. All I'm just trying to do is open our eyes to the realities we find ourselves. So these are the three pillars of society. Now, where do we come in? What is our role as a family? What is our role as a church? And what is the role of the school? Now, don't get me wrong. Some schools are doing excellently well. But we must understand that the schools are still foundationally belonging to the states. In Nigeria, we might still have it easy, but we know that in America and some parts of the world, the schools are now being are being told what to teach and what not to teach. In Nigeria, I believe we still have, you know, our religious beliefs still imbibed in our studies. But some places in the world, our children have become victims of a forced belief. You have people who are forced to take classes on sexual orientation that they would rather not take. You have people who be, who are be you know, irrespective of their beliefs, are being forced to take some absurd, you know, extracurricular activities. The other day I saw a school in America, it was on CNN, where people were told to enroll their students or their wards to after-curricular activities and the name of the club was the Satanic Club. And I asked myself a simple question. When did we get this bad where it's so, it's so obvious, it's not even hidden anymore that this is what we're trying to achieve as a society. The, the, the writing is now clearly on the wall. It's not a subtle movement anymore. And I'm really, really going to be honest in this podcast. Whoever feels offended, I'm sorry to offend you. But the truth remains the truth. I'm going to say it in the most loving way possible. But I advise you to just don't take an offense. Take it as a reality we find ourselves. I have a problem with how the schools, especially in the Western world, which is going to influence us in Africa sooner or later, is taking this approach towards the LGBT community and forcing the beliefs and the rights of the LGBT community on the rest of society. Just like Thanos in the Marvel Universe movie, whose belief was to, you know, snap his fingers and eradicate half of the world and come back then and say, you know what, you guys are not going to change unless I eradicate all of you and we start all over. Yes, it's just a, you know, it's just a fictional movie, right? But it's just the same way. We have a generation where the society, through the schools and the state, are trying to snap their fingers and create a world where in 20 years nobody is debating whether LGBT rights are being questioned anymore. Nobody is opposing it because they are infusing it into everything today. It's in our kindergarten classes. It's in our Disney cartoon movies. It's in 11 out of 10 movies. So 11 out of 10 movies have LGBT characters as the major characters. And we even have a Disney executive stating 
earlier this year that before the end of this year, 2022, more than 50% of movies produced by Disney will have those kind of characters. And these are human beings just like myself and you. They are people I love even if I meet them. But it doesn't mean whatever they believe in becomes normal for the rest of us. I don't believe in their rights. I don't believe in LGBTQ. I don't even want to start with the letters and the numerous letters because everyone wants to fall under them. Even the pedophiles are, are, are fighting for rights also. Bestialists or whatever they call themselves are fighting for their rights. So this liberty has lost, has become a circus house. So let's just leave it at people with their gay rights. I don't even have time to start separating A from B to C. The point I'm trying to make is you can't force the rest of us to accept these things and you can't use our schools against us because one thing is sure, you can't use our families against us and you can't use our church against us. So what you're doing now is you're forcing it through the schools sponsored by the state. That's why the family and the church must not slack so that even in a situation where some people have decided in America as I've come to see and decided to go homeschooling, you have to be strong on the other two. So where a three-legged stool has to become a two-legged stool, those two legs have to be strong enough to handle the weight of raising these children. Some people have decided to go homeschooling and they have been fighting for their rights. No problem. Even though we don't, it has not become that bad in this part of the world, Nigeria. It still needs to be emphasized that the family and the church must not slack. For example, sexual orientation. Sexual orientation. You have children who today are being taught sexual sustenance and not sexual abstinence. Yes, I get it's important. I do get it's important that we should teach our children how to avoid unwanted pregnancies but rather than tell them use a condom which is medically inclined i do get it why don't you tell them why don't you wait till you're mature enough to make the right choice we have sex tapes of 14 and 10 year olds today it's sad because we are not willing to face the reality that they have the information at the palm of their hands any phone today can access practically anything online so you stop you just need to stop and snap out of this fantasy that, oh, my child is a child of God. He has no access to these things. Even if he does, he will watch it. Look, he has mates that are telling him what they have done with their housemate at home. He has mates who are telling him what someone, how someone funded with him last night. And to him, as a guy, he doesn't feel like he was sexually harassed. So he's boasting of it. And then he comes home and you're like, oh, just come and watch, watch a movie on your phone. And instead of watching the movie you thought he would be watching, he's introduced to pornography. Let's snap out of this. There is need for us to be more intentional about sex education. And that's where I get into the main integrity for today. Sex education is not a sin. It's never too early to start. They should be confident enough to talk about their private parts as soon as they understand their left from their right. The problem in the Christian faith, and I'm going to go for my people because we are, we are here together as believers, is we are too sort of religious to start to discuss these things. I don't even want to start with how I was taught sexual education because it was so traumatic. I'm not going to even mention it in this podcast. My friends, I love you guys. I love you, mom and dad. But you guys, man, seriously, there could have been a better way to introduce sexual education to me. But let's just leave that. I feel there is a place for us as parents and church, as I said earlier, the two out of the three legs that we can have within our control to be so strong in our convictions that even when the church, even when the, the, the schools sponsored by the state come and start misbehaving, we still have the hold 
we still have the strong influence of our children. You can't have a child who is 10 years old in this generation and they are not at the sex talk. Because one day, pornography will have a sex talk on your behalf. I wasn't introduced to pornography until I entered university. And the way I was introduced to it, it wasn't even one of those sad stories. It was just a clear story of, oh, I had, you know, let's say a very curious mind. And sadly, my roommate at the time was fond of, you know, living his life. We had this exchange of, you know, movies set up. So I download movies, he downloads movies, and we share the movies. So I have access to his laptop, he has access to my laptop. So I stumbled on it one day and, you know, we find ourselves dealing with it for a couple of years because I've never really watched pornography before my university days and that is the sincere truth but struggled with it for a couple of years I'm happy that it never became an addiction I'm happy that it never became something beyond what it was it was just a curious mind trying to feed myself and I then found myself finding the reality of it I can never be satisfied with pornography I want to enjoy sex in marriage I don't want to be tormented by what others are doing that I can't do so that was one of the major reasons why I did not delve deeper and then there was also the saving grace of god upon my life so that being said pornography is rampant and the problem is these children are going to get answers where their parents are not answering them where the church is not answering them i used to attend the church which is still my family's church where i stood up at a youth conference and i said why don't we discuss sex education in the church and i was almost I bowed for the rest of the conference because people ask this simple question. Who is this guy that has the ghost to ask that question? But there's nothing normal about what I did. I should not be idolized. I should be normalized. That question should have been asked by 10 other people that same day. Why aren't we discussing sex education in church? Doesn't the church think they need to bring up these things? And it's not just to leave it that flee all our parents of evil because that's what the Bible says. If you leave it at that, I would have to be so deep and mature in my faith that that would make sense to me. Some people need practical understanding of why they need to flee from sexual temptations. That is enough on this issue of sexual temptations. Play your part. Educate your children early. Let them know that sex is not a sin. It just needs to be done within the confines of marriage. Don't... I have... I had a friend, and I'm going to round off on this note as we got sex. I had a friend who once lamented to me that he doesn't think his parents had sex to give out to him because of the way they never want to talk about it. So in his mind, even though he now knows what sex looks like and is, he has been questioning whether these two people who are so impractical and are not willing to ever express love could have ever had sex to produce him. That is the height of what the church has become. And FYI, this, my friend, is a pastor's child. I'm just going to leave it at that. Today, we'll continue with the talk of financial education. We are raising a generation of people who are so financially irresponsible. Nobody wants to work anymore. Everybody just wants to earn labor of others. The reason why fraudulent activities, especially on the internet is so popular is because it's been idolized for years. Financial education is no more taught in homes. Most people don't know what their father and mothers are doing to make money. You just want to spend. And the day where things go rock bottom in the house, you look for alternative sources of income. Most times not healthy ones. If I know. You see, one of the beautiful things I love about my, my parents. Yes, I love my parents so much. So don't think because of what I said earlier. Oh, I have issues with them. No. The same parents 
that might not be so good with sexual education. The same parents that taught me well financial education. Till today, I know the nitty gritties of my father and mother's sources on income. I might not know the amount, I might not know, I might not have the bank statement, but I understand how much my mom's business spends on diesel on a weekly basis. I understand how much goes into the operational cost. I think I even understand, or I should know, the salaries of almost all our staff. That in itself is carrying your children along. Let them see the burdens of running a business. Let them know that this is what it takes for them to have that beautiful car that you drive and they also get to drive once in a while. Let them know the burdens of them living in that beautiful house. Let them see the nitty gritties of running a successful business so that they don't wake up one day and think, oh, I'm working hard and I'm not seeing anything. So maybe this is not the business I should be involved in. Let God even know. Maybe my parents have also been doing it for a while and they just did not tell me. Expose them to how you run your business so they don't decide for themselves where they should go and be doing business. It's so sad to see people who are even less than 15 trying to do some occultic things to make money. What have you what have you made out of your life to be involved yourself in such? But it's because of how the family is not exposing them. And now let's go to the church. We have created a generation of needy people. We don't believe so much anymore in the place of prayer, not as a request, but as a medium to learn to communicate better with God. Now we are raising a generation of possess your possession, possess your possession. It is very, very sad that the church has become a place where people think they can come and invest their money and see returns on their investment. I was in a group in the same church, I'm not going to mention, growing up as a child, where a, a, a guest minister came up was praying that this week you will see dollars in your account. Two questions came to my mind. Ouch. What happened to the Naira? That's so mean of you. And two, these people that you are saying should pray for dollars in their account, how many of them even own USD accounts, domiciliary accounts? So what the what is the practicality of your prayer? There is so much prayer and preaching today hinged on financial wealth and growth and i get it but people have mistaken something and i'm going to use this to round off this whole podcast today because we are hinging our faith in christ or in god in this part of the world on financial growth and it's not even this part of the world even western cultures also we have some pastors who are so prosperity driven but because we have hinged it on this there are people who have achieved this financial wealth without God. When we come in contact with people like that, we start to question our faith in God because all we saw God for was money making. So you see people who, for example, are living in Nigeria in some level of poverty and you know, lower standard of living, and they travel out and they finally do what we call japa, and they see a better life. Because their faith in God was always hinged on getting them out of poverty, getting them out of this. Now they're finally out of it. They start to question, do they really need God? When your faith in God was always just hinged on what he could do for you and not how you could be instrumental to his mission and purpose. The Bible says it is God who works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasures. So when you see God as your servant and not you as his servant, as his son, his daughter, a time will come where he achieves all you set for him to achieve in quote for you. And you start to ask, why do I really need God? That is why we are seeing a very large number of our youth today who travel out and get this Western culture 
and start to ask themselves why do they really need God because they have seen a better and complete society because their faith was hinged on societal growth, development and financial stability. It was never hinged on faith in God. That needs to be corrected at its core. We need to start understanding that financial education, just like I said earlier about parents exposing their children to how their businesses run, is more about value creation. Where there is value, money will follow. The church is not a shrine where you go shed blood and you come back and you meet a bag of money. Only God knows how that is done nowadays because even the whole idea of blood money is being um, modernized. But the church is a place where you go and you ask God to guide you in this week to be valuable to him and valuable to people. Money will follow value. And that's how financial education exists. I, I round off today's episode. Today marks 10 years in Christ. I gave my life to Christ 27th of May in 2012. And I just want to tell anyone out there that is still struggling with whether to make that decision or not. Jesus is the best decision you can ever make. This podcast is not just for the believer. But believe me, you would enjoy this podcast even more. And life in general, if you give Jesus a chance. Thank you for listening. God bless you. And I'll see you in a couple of months.